Radio Daily for Not Monday, which is a good feeling. It's a great feeling, actually, because Monday is a Monday. Someone's got a case of them, and I hear that it's me. Hi, everyone. We're the fine folks from GeekRadioDaily.com, welcoming you to the 2nd of May, which is International Harry Potter Day. So yes, let's take this day and think about all the wonderful, fun things from Harry Potter while not buying anything Harry Potter related so no money ends up in J.K. Rowling's hands. Okay? I'm going to go make fun of trans people on the internet. <laughs> That's She'd love that. The folks bringing it to you today, the uh, man that took a look at corporate's new policy. <laughs> That's podcasting for secret. Derivative. And me, I'm the guy that gets it done on the wonderful Billy Flynn. You're going to have to pry this guitar, damn it. Pry it. Because I'm ready. What happened, sir? In 1519, architect, artist, engineer, and natural philosopher Leonardo da Vinci dies at the Clos Luce mansion in France. 1880, the SS Columbia becomes the first ship to install lights using an Edison A-type dynamo in the first commercial order of Edison light bulbs. 1944, W2XWV in New York City becomes the first commercial television station in the U.S. and changes its call sign to WABD at 9 p.m., the station will broadcast the 30-minute program, Your World Tomorrow, which features news of the wars and entertainment. 1952, the world's first jet airliner, the de Havilland Comet 1, makes its maiden flight between London and Johannesburg? I did not see that coming. <laughs> 1957, Warner Brothers releases the horror film, The Curse of Frankenstein, directed by Terrence Fisher and starring Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, Hazel Court, and Robert Urquhart to UK theaters. 1965, the early bird communication satellite goes into commercial service, transmitting the first transatlantic television program out of this world to over 300 million viewers in nine countries. 1983, Microsoft introduces the Microsoft Mouse for IBM and IBM-compatible personal computers. Same day, Microsoft releases the Microsoft Word processor for personal computers at a price of $229 in 83 money. Wait, you're supposed to pay for that? <laughs> That's what they tell 1985, me. <laughs> 1985, at the Pierre Hotel in New York City, Microsoft introduces the Excel spreadsheet application for the Macintosh. 1995, 3DO demonstrates M2-3D technology of its interactive multiplayer video game system. Ask your parents, kids. 2003, 20th Century Fox releases the action film X2, X-Men United, directed by Brian Singer and starring Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Famke Janssen, Brian Cox, Alan Cumming, Anna Paquin, Halle Berry, Sean Ashmore, and James Marston. And for the longest time, was pretty much the best comic book movie yeah. around. Yeah, for, for some time. 2008, Paramount Pictures released the action film Iron Man, directed by John Favreau, starring Robert Downey Jr., Terrence Howard, Jeff Bridges, and Gwyneth. Oh, it was five years. Five years. Birthdays? <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about it that it, there was only five-year difference between right. those two movies. It's so weird. Robert Buckley is 42 from 666 Park Avenue and is zombie. <laughs> Ellie Kemper is 43 from The Office Mystery Team, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, 21 Jump Street, The Lego Batman Movie. Jenna Von Oy is 46. She was six on Blossom, Pepper and the Parkers, and of course, the official voice of our email message. Our, our first celebrity contact. Elizabeth mm -hmm. Barrage is 61 from The Fun House, Amadeus, Amadeus, The John Larroquette Show, and Hidalgo. Christine Baranski is 71 from The Ref, 
Bowfinger, Trolls, A Bad Mom's Christmas, and of course, Leonard's mom on Big Bang Theory. David Suchet, 77 from Greystoke, Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes, Harry and the Henderson, Wing Commander, and for many, many people is the definitive Hercule Poirot. Born to stay no longer with us in 1885, Hedda Hopper. She was Dracula's daughter. No, she was in, sorry, she was in Dracula's daughter. Topper, Tarzan's Revenge, and she was a gossip column legend. 1922, Roscoe Lee Brown from Superfly, TNT, Logan's Run, Soap, and Jumpin' Jack Flash. 1925, John Neville from The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, The Road to Wellville, High School High, and Fifth Element. 1931, Phil Burns from My Favorite Year, Amazon Women on the Moon, Return of the Living Dead 2. Well, two out of three ain't bad. God, I love Amazon Women on the Moon. Right. And 1937, Lorenzo Music. Carlton the Doorman on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, the, the original Venkman on The Real Ghostbusters, Larry the Crash Test Dummy, and of course he was the voice of Garfield. And if you didn't realize all of those things, he was basically doing the same voice in almost everything. Hey, H. John Benjamin had to learn it from somewhere. <laughs> Look, at least Patrick Benjamin throws, or not Patrick Benjamin, uh, Patrick Warburton throws in <laughs> a little bit of extra characterization to them. Sure. So if you Listen to them separately. You may not recognize. You put them next to each other. You can tell. CBS on a new FBI, FBI International, FBI Most Wanted. ABC's got a new The Rookie, new The Rookie Feds, and Bad Temper and a Hard Heart on a new Will Trent based on the book. NBC has a new Night Court, a new American Auto, a new The Wall, and you two are so cute it makes me sick on a new Week of Swing. Fox has Grace and Carlos teaming up to investigate a woman they believe to have been a victim of black market organ trafficking. Okay. Owen's brother visits to meet TK but brings surprising news about the family along with him on a new 911 Lone Star, a new accused. CW Lois and Clark begin their investigation into Bruno Mannheim, starting with checking his connections to Hobbs Bay Medical Center. Jonathan and Jordan start to panic over Lois's diagnosis. Mateo comes to Smallville to meet John Henry, and a new Superman and Lois. And, of course, the new Gotham Knights. AMC. Hey, Master Sergeant, G.I. Jane has something she wants you to do. It's G.I. Jane tonight. <laughs> FX has Captain America, the first Avenger. Nobody oh, that remember. was one of the, the, the yeah. best. Yeah. Nobody but us remembers that. FXX Simpsons, but mostly Family Guy Marathon. FXM has Alien Covenant. Couldn't tell you which one that is. <laughs> the most recent one. Paramount has uh, Forrest sure? Gump. I'm very sure. The Sippy has the Scorpion King, Hakuma Shintai. Ah. Anybody who's asking for that. Science TV has a strange evidence marathon, but we're watching the Lifetime Movie Network. When a stay-at-home mother takes her best friend into her home to support her during a difficult time in her life, she soon learns deadly secrets that could destroy her family and put them all in danger. Kathy Breer and John McLaren star in House of Deadly Lies. The wonderful Billy Flynn looks at what Chad and Abby are up to now. If you know what TV show they're on this week, you could win yourself a prize. It's your further adventures of Chad and Abby update. Abby continues her investigation of Dr. Roth's death while more citizens are infected by the things affecting Congress's mind. Dr. Roth's daughter and Stefan start asking questions about what's happening. The doc's death is big. Here and now, the case looks impossible. There is a conspiracy theory or two about what happened. Or two. Hell, there's like 37. Hashtag Chabby. Forever. Looks like you've got mail waiting. Indeed we do. It's been 40 days since I was laid off. So bored. Send fun. K 
KD9TWC. That is from Brian. Well, Ryan, I'm not young and hip enough to know what that means, but sure. Hey, here's an episode. Have fun with it. That'll be cool, right? Greetings, GRD crew. Missed Flynn on Monday's episode, but I enjoyed hearing PRS and Cinemestris in his stead. Also, I believe Chad and Abby are on. I've never heard of this show, but I think I want to track it down and watch it. Cheers. That is from Jay Radimus. Well, I specifically picked a show that I hoped that you had never heard of before to try to get you to take more than one day, and I failed. So next week, remember, next week, it's your fault. Next week, I'm going to make you suffer, Jay Radimus. It's going to happen. Hey, Syrinx. Hey, everybody. Why don't you drop us a note? It's podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Of course, a voicemail, a text message. You just need to use the magic numbers of... 510-GRD-CURL. Maybe I'll start writing about shows that haven't come out yet. Ooh. That seems like cheating. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Hello, this is Larry Niven. And for reasons I don't understand and don't need to understand, this is Geek Radio Daily. Yeah. You don't need to understand. Just kind of roll with it. You know, it's a Steve Winwood sort of thing. Sir! What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. But that's a damn dirty lie. You're still going to put stuff in your collection today, including one of these, maybe. Well, from our TV on, we've got His Dark Materials, the complete third season. Damn, I'm behind on that. Lower Decks, season three. If you want some really great Star Trek, Lower Decks season three is ready for you. Damn, I'm behind on that, too. Yep, you are. Although Picard season three? Oh, my God. Holy crap. So good. Didn't have to worry about that damn kid from the second. Right. Anyway, <laughs> Gendy, Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal, the complete second season. That's good, too. Classic TV Cheers, the complete series, which has to run you, what, $400? Good God. Well, it covers 400 episodes. That's so it's a fucking episode. It's okay. Right. In our documentary, Al, we've got The Center Seat, 55 Years of Trek. Must be anime based on title alone. Chivalry of a Failed Knight, the complete collection. <laughs> Fate, stay, night. Fate slash stay. So I never know if it's like fate and stay or fate stay or should right. I say fate slash stay? No clue. Uh, it's the complete collection of fate slash stay night. Fair enough. Shikamori's not just a cutie. The complete season. <laughs> which, which season is complete? Who the hell knows? Shikamori. In our re-release style, we've got Deep Impact, the 25th you know, uh, anniversary. In our movie collections, film noir, the dark side of cinema, XIII. Ooh. We've also got the anime Wong collection. And if you need to know who that is, seriously check that out. In our regular movies department, Baby Ruby. Of an AG, or is it of an AG? Wait, yeah. is, is that a They Might Be Giant song? Invitation <laughs> to a murder. My happy ending. Jesus, revolution. <laughs> New gods, Yang Jin. Hey, it's not Twister, but a supercell. They're chasing storms. It's a supercell. You've also got Compromat with a K, so it's probably dealing with Russia. Yeah, jerks. The Forger. 
We've also got Fear. Wait, shouldn't that be in like a re-release? Yeah, it's, it's, sadly it's not. That was a ritual killer. We've also got 80 for Brady. It's nice to see the Brady Bunch getting back together. Right. Champions. We've also got Justice League XRYBY Superheroes and Huntsmen Part 1. So yeah. you know it's going to end on a cliffhanger. But if anything, we're getting the story of a pair of teenage girls who are blind by day, but when the sun goes down, they roam the streets to quench their thirst for blood. Alexandria Pick and Isabel Thibault star in two orphan vampires. I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. Geek News! Wait, is that the gritty reboot of Annie? <laughs> Take a look at the world. From a geeky point of view, Rob Delaney has closed a deal to reprise his role of Peter Wisdom for Deadpool 3 at Marvel Studios. He joined Deadpool's mutant-heavy new team X-Force in Deadpool 2, despite being a human with no powers or special skills to speak of. He cites his charm in that mustache. The character is one of the few newly introduced ones to survive, and aside from Domino, as aside from Domino, almost all of their X-Force characters played by Louis Tan, Terry Crews, Bill Skarsgård, and Brad Pitt were killed within minutes of their introduction. Now look, I would have rioted if Peter died. Also back is Karen Sonia's Dopinder, Dopinder? I don't know. Leslie Uggams as Blind Al, Marina Baccarin as Vanessa, and Stefan Kabak as Colossus. Hugh Jackman's joined them as Wolverine, along with Emma Corrin and Matthew McFadden. Deadpool 3 marks the first R-rated Marvel Studios feature slated for release November 8th of next year. <laughs> you know, Peter was a fun addition to a great cast of characters. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll find out he has a superpower of his own, besides type 1 and 2 diabetes. That's all of the diabetes. <laughs> the late actor, novelist, and humorist Carrie Fisher will finally, finally receive a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in a posthumous ceremony that will take place on Star Wars Day, May the 4th. When Fisher passed away suddenly just after Christmas Day in 2016, a fan-made star appeared on Hollywood in North Orange Drive to serve as a makeshift memorial to the screen legend, where onlookers and tourists started to gather to pay their respects. The star read... Carrie Fisher, may the force be with you always. Hope. Now Fisher will be honored with an official star on Hollywood Boulevard, just down the street from the El Capitan Theater. It's about damn time! Fittingly, Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, who shared the screen with her mother in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, will be accepting the star on her behalf. Of course, her Star Wars co-star Mark Hamill responded to the news on Twitter, calling the honor long overdue and so well-deserved. And he's absolutely right about that. Fisher will now share the honor with Hamill and Harrison Ford, who received their stars in 2018 and, 20, 2018 and 2003, respectively. In an official statement, Walk of Fame producer Anna Martinez said, I am happy to add that her star is just a few feet away from the star of Mark Hamill and across the street from the star of her legendary mother, Debbie Reynolds. Hell, man, even R2-D2 and C-3PO have stars. From shampoo to soap dish, Fisher had a number of memorable roles outside of Star Wars, including When Harry Met Sally, The Blues Brothers, Hannah and Her Sisters, and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> Every time she appeared on stage or a late-night talk show, she was absolutely hilarious, unabashedly self-deprecating, and easygoing. And if you don't believe me, just watch her appearances on Craig Ferguson. <laughs> and look, and if you ever got to play Tarzan with her, you were a lucky man. In one red shoe. Fisher will always be the inspirational princess and general from Alderaan, and her spirit will continue to comfort millions of people for years to come, thanks to the Star Wars legacy. 
but she should also be remembered for her humor, wit, and advocacy for so many suffering from mental illness. Fans will always be able to celebrate her life anywhere, but now at least they will have a place to lie down a bouquet of flowers the next time they're strolling down Hollywood Boulevard. Or pour one out for her. I think she'd appreciate that too. Absolutely. It's finally happening. Dodgeball, a true underdog, is getting a sequel. And what's more, Vince Vaughn's going to be returning as Peter LeFleur. The original comedy came out nearly 20 years ago. Back in 2004, it was a big hit in its day. Naturally, there was lots of talk of a sequel that never actually materialized. Now, though, Vaughn is committed to the film and it is in development at 20th Century Studios with a new writer on board. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Vaughn will star and possibly produce the sequel, which does not yet have an official title. Jordan Vandina, The Binge, has been tapped to pin the screenplay, working from an idea that Vaughn cooked up himself. It is described as being an early development, so there's no word yet on a director or plot details. Gar. Why a sequel all these years later? Well, it remains to be seen what sort of audience you know is going to be out there for this movie's debut in theaters, maybe Hulu. The original earned $168 million on a $20 million budget. It's also been in regular rotation on cable pretty much ever since, but it's been a while, so is it necessary? Necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No, but I do it because it's sterile and I like the taste. This is a cinematic journey that's been going on for a long time now that finally has some real steam. For reference, Clay Traver was hired to write a script for Dodgeball, the sequel, back in 2013. It's been that long. Hopefully Vaughn can talk some of his former co-stars into coming back, not for nothing, but the 20th anniversary is next year, if they can get the loot out. And no matter how good you are, you may be able to dodge a wrench, but you can't dodge a money grab. I'm looking forward to it, man. If, they, if, it's, if it's half as good. Right? Shoot. I love the first one. In the wake of Pokemon cards totally selling out in Japan, it appears that one trading card store in the country's Akihabara district has adopted some drastic measures. Bar adults from buying cards so kids can enjoy the hobby. Well done, humans. Pokemon cards have always been popular and widely sought after, but as of late, it seems like things have really exploded. Internet celebrity Logan Paul gladly spent millions of dollars on the cardstock collectibles, even if some of them were fake. One person allegedly stole tons of the things just to resell them at a local shop. There are also the occasional few who lay down hundreds of thousands of dollars on the rarest of cards, although sometimes the online sale absolutely flops what do you mean i can't trust the things i buy on the internet i know it's surprising flynn but but with the new clay burst and snow hazard packs that include special illustration rare cards of scarlet and violet gym leaders grusha and iono the quest to obtain pokemon cards has become even more difficult the new packs caused the recent card drought in japan as adults lined up outside Akihabara shops to buy the new packs and resell them online for a tidy profit. Now it seems a retail store in Japan's bustling shopping district is limiting the sale of Pokemon cards to junior high schoolers and younger to help prevent the olds from snatching them up during their lunch breaks or graveyard shifts. But how else are the kids supposed to learn patience? It's a problem with patience. It takes too goddamn long. <laughs> 
Terraria 2, the self-proclaimed world's largest Pokemon trading card specialty store in Akihabara, tweeted on April 30th that it will have an allocated section of Pokemon cards specifically for young adults. According to a translation of the tweet, this special allocation will run out as soon as each pack is sold out at the end of the day, with each customer only able to purchase 10 packs per day. Adults, including guardians and parents, are barred from buying these cards, and the store will reportedly check IDs to confirm age. Can can we do the same thing for social media? Too many olds on there just gumming things up. It's deeply funny that a hobby primarily aimed at kids has become so dominated by adult capitalistic brainworms to the point that a store has to remind adults and that kids like to collect and play with Pokemon cards too. Kids should be entitled to enjoy things, so I don't know. Calm down and let them, or at the very least, give them an opportunity to score some of the same cards you're vying for and give them to me. Come on, man. I can't find them anywhere, and I'm, I'm hurting, man. <laughs> the original Star Trek captain how, in long time. How much you let me just, just sniff the pack? <laughs> long time Twitter crypto guy officially dropped his non-fungible token release. Infinite Connections. During Coindesk Consensus 2023 conference, Infinite Connections comprises two collections, Cosmic Explorer, with 2,500 NFTs that feature a William Shatner 3D avatar paired with artwork that explores scientific themes like quantum physics and sonic vibrations. And each one also includes a physical action figure of Captain James T. Kirk, each hand-signed by Shatner with a quote from the character. Oh, so you do actually get something from it. Cool. The other collection is Timeless Voyager, which includes 1,000 NFTs of 2D artwork of future tech and the cosmos. There's no action figure included, but select holders will have access to unspecified IRL opportunities. So for now, you can buy a nothing with the promise of something. To create and release this collection, Shatner worked with Orange Comet, a Web3 entertainment company that recently raised $7 million in a funding round. The company has also worked with former NBA star Scottie Pippen, Sir Anthony Hopkins, and the hit TV show, The Walking Dead. Hold up. A Sir Anthony Hopkins NFT? You have my attention. Orange Comet CEO Dave Broom, who also spoke at the conference, revealed how the deal with Shatner occurred and how Shatner's intellectual curiosity was a key component. This is a man at 92 who is still inquiring and still has an ability to learn and embrace technology and understanding what it could do, Broom said. What we're interested in doing is taking someone like iconic, legendary William Shatner and all of the millions and millions of fans that he has and bring them over into Web3. And there are millions and millions of dollars. What we're trying to do with those images is to show the connection, the mathematic, romantic, stars, quantum physics, the connection between it all. And we think buried in those images are those philosophies, Shatner said. Okay, can someone ask him to explain what an NFT is? Really? Because I'd love to hear it. Shatner's release comes at a transitional time for NFTs, although the days of extreme hype in the mainstream and multi-million dollar sales such as Beeple's are long gone. Celebrity drops of NFTs have been surprisingly resilient last winter. Former President Donald Trump released an NFT collection that sold out within a day, and that led to a second release in April that sold out just as quickly, though the prices for collectibles from the first drop had plummeted. (laughs) <laughs> the foreign contributions had run dry. If the release is successful, more releases from other crypto-native and curious celebrities could follow, perhaps even from other Star Trek celebrities. Personally, I'm looking forward to the 
Harry Mud Collection, but that might be a little too on the nose. Shatner's collection went on sale Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Time to his appearance on stage at Consensus. You know, guys, our take on NFTs. It's a shame that Shatner's hopping on board because he's boldly going where so many people have gone before to buy a goddamn JPEG. GRD is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derivative Works Nice States 3 license. Go check us out on Facebook and on Twitter. Stop by the website at geekratedaily.com. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not hurting for money. No, he's not. He's really not. Uh, we'll talk more about it a little bit tomorrow. But yeah, I understand we were at RavenCon and had a show. There's a story. We don't have time for it right now. But um, but God damn it, William Shatner here. <laughs> Come on, man. You're not... The, the T.J. Hooker money alone, I'm sure, is still just coming in fine. <laughs> Hooker's a good cop, okay? <laughs> Hooker's a good cop. Drop us a note, won't you please? It's podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Where's the voicemail text message you need the magic numbers of? 510-G-R-D-Kirk. Airplane to the sequel. This has been the saddest excuse for entertainment I've ever seen. It seems I found myself on the voyage of the damned. Good night, suckers. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye, then. My dad was a security guard at the Tootsie Roll factory. That's awesome. Till he got shot by robbers. Bull, that's awful. Fell over a railing and got sucked into a chocolate mixing machine. Oh, no. It's still a little bit awesome. After that, it was up to me to take care of the family. That's why I'm just going to school now. I'm sorry. That stinks on ice. What? You can't control the world. You can only control how you choose to respond to it. It's part of why I got into philosophy. What does it mean to be a good person, and how do you make those choices? Huh. Maybe philosophy can help me. My friends want me to make a choice, and it's impossible. They both seem equally good or bad, and I'm just stuck in the middle. Like Buridan's ass. It's a parable about free will. So if a perfectly rational donkey... That's me. ...gets placed between two identical bales of hay, the donkey won't be able to choose one over the other, and so it will starve to death. That's perfect. I can just starve to death, and I won't have to choose. But, well, according to Spinoza, the donkey isn't actually rational because making a choice is a good in itself. Okay. So sometimes the donkey's just got to choose which pizza it's going to eat. In my head, I changed it to pizza. Can I do that? Sure. It's all just a thought experiment. doesn't even have to be a donkey. It could be a unicorn, if you want. It's time for this unicorn to choose cupcake. I changed it again. 